Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. Today, we're going to dive into everything about people. Ha! everything about people. That's a high order and how they impact your business. I'd like to say hello, business rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan and I am your host today. I'm a tenured master business coach and growth strategist for almost 20 years now. I am the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs Inc., a coaching practice that specializes in guiding small businesses to optimize business performance and leadership. And I'm all about improving the underserved small business sector. That's you. And I honestly believe small businesses are the accelerant of the economy, so much so that I created a number one best-selling business book series for small businesses. Don't worry, we'll share a little bit more about that in a moment. But most importantly, I want you to know that I did not do it alone. And all great things are not done solo. So I invited tenured experts to join me in the authoring process. And today we have with us one of our tenured experts, number one international best-selling business author, Shalini Nag. Welcome. Thank you, Maggie. Such a pleasure to be here. Oh, yes. And I'm so thrilled you're back one more time. Everyone, it's important for you to know who Shalini is because she works with companies of all sizes to create cultures and transform their people into exceptional professionals so the companies can achieve their desired outcomes and have some fabulous people in the process. How do you like that? I love it. I hope everybody (laughs) listening to us does too. Yes. So here you are. This is your fifth episode in our series. So you've had like your own little mini series on our podcast here, haven't you? Yes. And yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to congratulate you because you did something most people don't do. You decided to share your awesomeness that you have learned and deliver to the marketplace in the form of a published book. Great accomplishment. And you did it because you want people to understand there's other ways, fresh perspectives to approach business, right? For sure. For sure. I mean, that's the premise of the book chapter, right? Flip the paradigm. So the paradigm exists. We are talking about flipping the paradigm and taking a more human approach to boosting business. There you go. So let's talk about this, Shalini. Um, It's been a year since we completed the book chapter. Oh my gosh. Isn't that phenomenal? It is. And I don't know if, um, I don't suppose people know this, but last year on July 26th, I'm fairly sure it was July 26th, I submitted the draft of my book chapter to you, the publisher, Maggie. So um, (laughs) it's exactly a year at this point. Well, congratulations and happy anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So it's been a year that you submitted your chapter. And of course it's before that, that we start developing it. But what's changed since you submitted your wonderful content that helps folks? Hey, I don't think it's a secret, right? We are all in the midst of this immense time of change. Yes. Um, 
we were already in the middle of it when we when we um, you know published that um, volume four of the book series. Uh, at that time, we were going through the transition, getting to getting our handle on the pandemic and the economic and personal impacts of all of all of that. Uh, at the same time, we were going through all of the social upheaval because of the Black Lives Matter movement uh, and associated uh, conversations. And then, of course, there were elections right around the corner from our book launch, right? Much so has lot, happened. Yeah, a lot happened around that time. Uh, but to be fair, it's not been all bad. You know, I always say that with great change comes great opportunity. And yes, there are so many uh, small business owners, individuals, leaders who've made uh, the effort or taken charge of the situation to really innovate across different fields. So technology has evolved tremendously. Uh, the way people are rethinking how they work, how they connect with each other has completely evolved. Um, personally, I've connected with people around the world. I've been in meetings that have been attended by business owners or individuals who've who are located in 50, 60, maybe 70 countries sometimes at the same time. How they manage to stay up because it's the middle of the night in some parts of the world, I don't know, but we've <laughs> done that. So all in all, I think um, really almost everything has changed to some degree, a lot for the better, some definitely with a tinge of grief and loss. Right. Okay. So I agree with you. There's been great opportunity and things for many people have changed favorably. And there obviously is those that have not, but what hasn't changed? When we were talking about writing my book chapter, um, I had this model in mind about what really makes a difference between being a good organization and an exceptional organization. Mm -hmm. And I tested out that theory with all of the research that I conducted by interviewing business leaders. And I was able to present that in my book chapter and it's the success delta, uh, workplace environment or culture of inclusion, trust and high development. And it's a really powerful framework, FYI. It is, and I've seen it in practice since the book has come out. I've worked with clients to implement it and it works. It works every single time. Uh, the reason it works is because it creates an environment of creative problem solving, of adapting to whatever is happening outside the organization, but doing it together as a team. And what hasn't changed is while the pace of change continues, the employers who are thriving despite the changing environment are those who have the success delta those who are able to work together effectively because they have that trust amongst the team because they are able to adapt and grow and scale and tap into all of the ideas all of the wisdom that every individual in the organization brings so to me um the change you know the pace of change it's almost like there's change going on all around those business owners but they and their teams are like this boat or ship that can just navigate all of these storms together. Okay. So the success delta, wasn't that the title of our second podcast in the series? Yes. Um, it was innovate, adapt, and grow. Sorry. It was innovate, adapt, grow, and scale your business um, ah. using the success delta. That was the topic. And we discussed in that uh, conversation how small business owners can actually do it no matter how big or small their organizations are. Because the secret sauce is 
applying it to ourselves first. Ah, the secret sauce. I love it. Everybody, <laughs> we're getting the secret sauce of the success, Delta. <laughs> we have to start with ourselves first, because if we don't trust ourselves, how do we trust others? If we don't listen to others, if we don't really pay attention to what their perspectives are, how do we expand our own horizons? How do we get to know of those opportunities that may not be right, top of mind for us based on our perspective and our experiences? And if you're not open to developing ourselves constantly and learning continuously, there is just no way that we can keep growing. And if we don't keep growing, we become the bottleneck and our business stops growing. Mm fact. All right. So we have all this going on, the success delta, and I, I am always impressed when I look at the success delta, at the genius behind it, because I agree, it works. And it works. It works. And um, I think when business owners make the effort to adopt it for themselves, and then expand it to their teams, they're able to address issues that others, other businesses or companies might be complaining about, like the competition for talent, or trying to identify the best people to work with them, or even whether it's their first hire or their hundredth hire. Right now, when I talk to business leaders or um, HR leaders, irrespective of who it is, they, they're complaining about the same things which is can't find the right people. People are not willing to come work for us. They don't want to come back to office. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of these issues that they're dealing with. The fact is those issues aren't new, <laughs> but they have been aggravated by um, you know, the last year and a half of, of living through the pandemic. I agree. So let's, let's talk about that because you, you mentioned the challenges that business owners are having, uh, attracting, hiring, retaining top employees. Let's, let's unpack that just a little more because it's not new. It's just accentuated. And I know this because I was an executive recruiter in the nineties and it's, it's the same conversations. It's just, there's more of them right now. There's more of them, it's more pervasive. People are realizing it because employees, you know how in any market, sometimes it's the seller's market, sometimes it's the buyer's market, sometimes yes. it's the employer's market, sometimes it's the employee market. Yes, completely. Right now, right now, because of the impact of the pandemic, which is anyone can work from anywhere doing what they want. Again, another trend that isn't new, but was accentuated by the pandemic. The gig economy was already on the rise. People were already working remotely, um, a subsection of, of people. In the pandemic, everyone went into that mode, which meant folks started realizing that there are different ways of working, that they could connect with people, colleagues, experts, without necessarily leaving the comfort of their home, or staying away from their families. People also realized how important family, friends, and connections are. Mm -hmm. And having realized that, everyone wants the best of all of it. Like we all want everything. And obviously the people who can <laughs> command everything are the best, most talented, most driven, most um, valued, employees or the most skilled employees are exactly the people who can do this, right? They have the mindset, the approach, the ability to come on any job anywhere. They don't have to work in their backyard. They can, you know, work for some 
for an employer in some other country or in another state or in another industry for that matter. Oh, there you go. Okay. So now if we've cracked this open a little more, what's really driving all this? I think it's our understanding and our need to feel valued and to live to our purpose. A lot, and I would say that small business owners most likely identify with that need. Most of them started their businesses because they were trying to live their purpose, because they are trying to deliver some kind of value to the world. The disconnect is that in a bygone era, there was this climate created partly because of the whole manufacturing industry, uh, the way that it was uh, created and set up to be an assembly line where everything is, you know, top down, there's the command control uh, kind of approach to managing people. Um, Today, that has been flipped again. And what's happening is every individual has realized that they can live to their purpose, deliver value, and they want the flexibility to do it. For a small business owner, they wouldn't have realized before that that's what people are looking for. So a lot of them were competing on price. Right. So you're saying, oh, I can't afford to pay as much as the big company who's, in my, who's on the next street. That's why people are going working for them. But people are not looking, okay, uh, minimum, I'm not talking about minimum wages here or living wages. But a lot of studies have shown that once you hit a 70K per annum salary, it is no longer the salary that motivates people to either take up a job or um, stay with a particular company. It really is the culture of the organization. It's the opportunity to continue growing. It's the ability to be a contributing member of a team. Okay. Now, I love that because you're talking about a bygone era. And I I had to write that down because I think we need to really understand that's what's occurring. And we're in that shift, just like um, when industrialization came aboard, that was a big shift. Okay, we have technology that happened. That was another shift. And now here, we're in a shift of a bygone era of you must come into the office, you must come into the workplace, whatever it is called, uh, uh, you know, a manufacturing site, anything, right? And, or the lab, you must come. Well, not everybody needs to do that anymore. And we need to adjust how we approach people because of that. So when we're talking about this, this is a huge shift. And I think because the pandemic forced everyone to step into the unknown and get proactive in an unknown preparedness. How do you like that? Love it, love it. (laughs) Unknown preparedness that we're still trying to figure out where we should go because we've been doing all the reactionary work. So now with everything that you know through all your research and, and what you're working on with your clients, what can small business owners do now to secure their future? So before I answer exactly that question, Maggie, you said something that I just want to expand on a little bit. Okay. You talked about this massive shift and the reactionary modes that we've been in. Uh-huh. I've heard this massive shift being called a revolution in recent conversations. 
it's almost like being in the midst of a revolution. And yes. being reactionary in a revolution is what followers do. What leaders do is create the vision of where we want to go. They don't ask where is the world going and how can we go there with the world. They say what is the world, what is the world that we want to create and how can we create it? And the, the moment we ask that question differently, the answers are different. How we take action is different. What we do becomes diff different. And it is empowering, not just for the business owner, but for their people when the business owner actually steps in and says, okay, it is an open world. We can create whatever we want to. What are your ideas? What do you want to create? What can we do together? And to me, that simple approach is the nucleus or the crux of the success delta. Yes, it is. It is. And I, I love that you caught what I said and you took it another level because I've studied a lot about um, revolutions, creating this pivot. And with that comes a rebirth. And that's, that's the, the gift of a revolution is the rebirth. And um, I was speaking with uh, a futurist about five years ago. And I, I said to him, I said, I have one question for you. Well, he was signing a book and I said, I think we are in a, a renaissance, a business renaissance. And he turned around and looked at me and said, who are you? And what do you do? And I said, well, I'm me and I pay attention and I can see patterns very easily. And he said, nobody knows that. You're the first person that says that, but it's true. We are in a renaissance because we were then. Now we're back in a revolution with that wisdom of the renaissance, which has essentially been technology to ease us and make us crazy in a different way. Um, <laughs> I see you smiling. <laughs> hey, definitely. You, know, so, you love it, you hate it, you live with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So here we are in this new way and your success delta is right there. So business owners, go look at Shalini's chapter. It is exactly what we're talking about and where we're at right now. It's going to help you. So I know you have a mantra that you talk about regarding people. I think that might be a really great thing for us to say right now. Yes, I say groom them to leave, treat them so they don't. Love it. Say it again. Groom them to leave, treat them so they don't. Okay, let's unpack that a little. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about the revolution and the renaissance right. and what you'll see across the board, whether you look at financials, whether you look at where companies are going, what is what it is, is called a K recovery pattern. There is a group of organizations and companies that is headed to super growth. And there are others that are stagnating and dying. So one of them is the top line of the K, the other is the bottom line of the K. Right. And the gap between the two is increasing. The reason 
And the, the, there is, of course, strategy and so on and so forth that is involved in being on the top part of the cave. And everyone wants to be there. <laughs> but, but they're not willing to do what they need to do to be on the top of the cave. Exactly. And I think where they're failing uh, a lot of times is the understanding that if you groom your people to leave, that is, you're preparing them to be more marketable, to be more in demand. You're grooming your people in a way that everyone else, your competitors, your clients, your customers, they want to hire your people. If you can groom them to be that much in demand, but you treat them so well that they never want to leave you, your company will take flight. And the reason that's going to happen is because you have the best people, which means your customers are happy with them. Like they want to hire them, right? Imagine how happy they are with them. They're never going, your customers are never going to leave. Um, your clients are never going to leave because they want to keep working with these individuals. The individuals themselves are continuously growing, evolving, living their dreams, living to that purpose, being contributing members of your team. They're finding the respect, the value, they're being included in decisions. Why should they leave? So you groom them to be top-notch, high, like very valued individuals and then you treat them in a way that makes them never want to leave you. Okay, so I know that is true. I'm a proponent of that. Yet I know there's a lot of people that don't believe that. And they're gonna say, I don't believe that, what do you say? So the fear that you're talking about, you know, employees will leave if we train them to and they are in demand, like why would they stay with us? Yes. Somebody will just pay them more. Thank you for, for reading my mind. That's what I was <laughs> referencing. <laughs> a CEO and a CFO were having a conversation. You can imagine that they're co-founders. Um, this is anecdotal. The CEO says, what if we invest in training all of them and they leave? The CFO asks, what if we don't and they stay? Right. Do you really want to continue living your business, trying to build it with mediocre people? Guess which curve of the K you're going to fall on. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that to life for us because it is that simple. We have a choice. And if, if we give people what they need and treat them well, they're going to perform optimally, which means the business performs optimally. I, I'd also add this because it's not like every, it's not like 100% of the people will stay. Correct. Because people are living to their purpose. As we grow, we change direction. We may want something else. Our families may need us to you know, move to a different place, et cetera. So people, it's not that people, that every individual that you've trained will stay with you. But here's the thing. If you've treated them that well, when they leave, they're going to leave you great reviews. This is the age of reviews. <laughs> this is yes. the age of reviews. When someone asks them, hey, should I work for this company that you worked for before? They'll say, yes, absolutely. Guess how your hiring costs are doing? They're heading down. Why? Because every single employee of yours who has left, anyone asks them, should I go work for your old company? They, they get a resounding yes. Your HR doesn't need to go looking for talent anymore. 
every employee that you've ever had, whether they are currently with you or they've moved on, is going to recommend that people come work for you. And they know that you have high expectations because you are growing them and you're developing them, right? So you can expect more from them. So they're not going to recommend just anybody. They're going to recommend top performers, people they respect, people they think are actually talented. Fact. This is an important thing to remember. It is. So whether they leave or they stay, if you follow the groom them to leave, treat them so they don't, it's a win, win, win all the way. And it's not just win, win in conceptual terms. It actually hits your bottom line because you have reduced turnover. You have lower hiring costs. You don't have, you, in fact, over time, you have less training costs. So initially, yes, you have to invest in training them. But over time, what happens is you have such a culture of learning and you create such an environment of helping each other grow that people just train their new, you know, newbies come in and they just get trained in how to learn, how to think, how to be more creative, how to push your business forward. You don't have to invest as much in training anymore. Right. It becomes a very proactive organization. Exactly. So get ahead of the revolution, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think another way to say that a, a revolutionary phrase is adapt or die. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. So, yep. so very interesting. Um, wow. This has just absolutely been wonderful. Thank you for another great episode. Thank you, Maggie, for having me mini series i know we have one more question though okay everybody always wants to know about the author okay so um you've been described by your clients and friends as innovative and versatile what's your secret come on (laughs) let us into your world more secrets huh no yes just one so i think what has really helped me be innovative and versatile is always being willing to do things differently and in a new way. I really believe that if you're doing what everyone else is doing, then you're always going to be following, never leading. Mm. And the fact that I'm willing to do things that are new really helps. Take, for example, Last February, I was lucky enough to be invited to the home of someone who eventually became a publisher of mine. And um, I admired this succulent that she had in her home. So she was sweet enough to actually give me a couple of leaves. Now I have never had an indoor garden before then, but what she did was actually start, uh, get me started on the path to having I would say something like a hundred succulents at this point at home. (laughs) I have a thriving succulent garden now. Oh my Um, gosh. (laughs) It's pretty, it may feel pretty random, but if you have also attended the summit that we had earlier this year, you'll know that I actually used gardening metaphors to talk about vibrant leadership. (laughs) And so what really makes me innovative and versatile is mixing and matching my whole life um, and really always being willing to try new things. Beautiful, beautiful. And that is what makes you so unique. So thank you for sharing your awesomeness with us. Everyone, this is how you can learn more and engage with 
number one international best-selling business author, Shalini Nakes. Start by reading chapter four in volume four of the book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And all the books in the series have the same title. So the one we're referencing is the one with the amethyst cover, chapter four. Shalini's chapter is Flip the Paradigm, Embrace the Human Approach to Boost Your Business. And when you go to the book, whether you get it digitally or you get it in print, at the bottom of Shalini's um, author page, at the end of her chapter, she has a special invitation for you. Shalini, would you like to share what that is? I welcome everyone to learn more about the Allies at Work framework, which is how you can actually have those brilliant conversations that result uh, in the success delta being developed in your firm. And you have a genius for that. It's a great framework. So I hope everybody takes a moment to go check that out. And everyone, for now, I would encourage you to go to download a mobile app called Brilliant Biz Book. Brilliant Biz Book. And that's our app. It's free. And on there, you're going to find out how to get a hold of all, all of our books, all of our authors, even something really special that we have is a feature that's ask an expert if you click on that you'll find shalini's name just scroll down you'll find her name and ask her a question that you have after you've just heard all this because i imagine you might have a question or two and she will respond back to you so please take a moment to do that and uh, shalini will give you a an email back and she'll probably say yes da 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 and let's talk because there's always more. <laughs> this, this is one of those topics that you can give an answer, but then there's a suitcase to unpack behind it, right? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, people are complex. <laughs> <laughs> people are complex, right? And we create complex things. Okay, so last, feel free to go back and listen to Shalini's other episodes. Uh, and, and to tell you, we've done something really cool here. We've created a thought train. So it would be advantageous for you to start with episode 156 and then move to 165, 176, and 182. And then this is uh, your final episode in our mini series with you. Wow. What episode number will this be? Ooh, I'm not quite sure yet. So we'll <laughs> just have to wait and see. But it'll be obvious because they'll all be linked together as one. So Shalini, I want to thank you for your wisdom sharing today. As always, it's very illuminating. Thank you, Maggie. It was a pleasure to be here and have this conversation. Thanks for delivering such awesomeness for five episodes. <laughs> and listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week.